Welcome to Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. My name is Matthew Tilly, and I'm the pastor of McConnell Road Baptist, and we're glad that you've joined us for this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org. Acts chapter 9, uh, we're going to begin in verse uh, 36. Yeah, verse 36 is where we're going to begin reading. Um, but it, we're in the book of Acts um, and looking at this because we, as we have been doing for the last several Sundays, we've been looking at each of the uh, resurrections in the, in, the new, in, the, in the Bible, in the Old and New Testaments. We're looking at those resurrections. We come to a resurrection now of a woman who uh, her name is Tabitha. Uh, there's another interpretation of her name in there, uh, also called Dorcas. Uh, that's just simply different translations, uh, different different um, uh, languages, excuse me, of her of her name. But Tabitha is her name, and she's going to be raised from the dead. But we jump in here in the middle of the book of Acts. In Acts, there's a lot going on in the book of Acts, and uh, some of that influences what's happening with this particular story, even why this story is even in here. But at this point in the book of Acts, God has done some very amazing things. And some of you know about the day of Pentecost, where there were so many people that were there, heard the gospel clearly preached by, by Peter, did a wonderful, amazing sermon um, on the sermon uh, on, on the day of Pentecost. And one of the most amazing things that he has started doing, that God has started doing in the book of Acts, by this point in the book at least, is he's saving Gentiles. He's actually not just saving the Jews. He is doing that. But now this is even a Gentile uh, uh, salvations that are happening. The Holy Spirit is filling Gentiles. And what's even more amazing, and if you know much about the, the, the man we call Peter, the Apostle Peter, the disciple Peter, is God's using Peter. He's using Peter to do these things. Uh, Peter is, is, is preaching He's, he's completely just, I mean, he is absolutely filled with the Holy Spirit and preaching these amazing sermons. And he's, God is using him to heal people. In fact, in the, in the verse, verses just prior to our text, verses 32 through 35, he's in this place called Lydda, and he is healing someone, this man there. God, God is using this man, Peter, and God is doing some amazing things. And now the text turns the attention just down the road from Lydda. Lydda is a little town, and it's just, just up the road a little piece to, to this other town called Joppa, or if you know much about Israel today, it's, it's a place called Jaffa today. It's sort of a port town that's up there now. And uh, that's the city that's in view here. And he's just sort of turning the camera, if you will, panning the camera now to another city just a little bit down the road, and I want you to see what, has, what goes on in this text. This is in Acts chapter 9. We'll begin in verse 36, and I'll read down to verse 43. And here's what the scripture tells us. It says, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. 
when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put, forth, put, put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all of Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. I want to pray and ask the Lord to bless the reading of his words, and then we'll take our thought from this passage. Let's pray together. Lord, I need your help this morning as I preach. I pray that you'll help me to preach properly, pre preach plainly, and preach in a way that uh, your Holy Spirit will use me. He'll, he will come through me to these people and that are hearing me, whether it's on the, the live stream or the telephone or any other way that they're listening in. I pray that your words will speak to our hearts, transform us, and help us seek you for the miracles that we need. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I mentioned in my time of prayer that we need a miracle, and I believe we do need a miracle. This coronavirus is devastating our health care system. They tell me in New York and other places where they're really having some difficulties with, with more cases and more people that are sick and more people that are dying, uh, that the health care system is overwhelmed. It's already starting to have, on the front end, I heard estimates that said by the end of, I think the end of the summer, they were estimating something like 3 million people would be out of work. Well, we've already passed that number. We're, we're, the economy is already being hurt. And that's not even to touch on the fact that we're, human, humanity is not made to live in isolation. We're just not made for this. This is not, this is not the way we're created. God made us to be social, to have families to gather together to to enjoy time together to enjoy time out in public together that's what we're made to do so you know we we need some kind of intervention and we need a miracle now maybe it's the fear some of us i think are still believe it's just fearful thing and and maybe that that definitely has its own it it's creates its own problem as as uh, one of our presidents said that we only have to fear fear itself and fear itself can actually create problems on its own. I acknowledge that, but maybe it's the actual disease, and maybe it's all of the above. I don't know exactly. I'm not the person to diagnose the exact problem. I just know there's a problem. I can see it. We need a miracle regardless. Yes, we need a vaccine. I, I, I pray, and I hope you'll pray with me that the, they will find that very soon, because I know that'll help a lot. We also need jobs. We also need peace of mind. We need peace in our hearts. We need hope for tomorrow. We need a miracle. And that's a miracle that you may love President Trump or you may hate him, but he's not the man that's going to bring that miracle about. This Congress will not bring about that miracle. We need a miracle that cannot be worked by any man on this planet, any human being on this earth. We need a miracle. And I believe that the miracle and the incident in the life of Peter and Tabitha that we read here shows us that our God is a God of miracles. He works miracles. He can work miracles. He has worked miracles. And furthermore, I, I want to explain to you from this passage that you too, 
I too can experience these miracles. These are not simply stories in a book. This is something that actually happens. These are the kinds of miracles that our God, he is a miracle working God. And I want you to see in this passage that we can experience miracles. And I just want to take a minute to look at some of the elements, some of the parts of a miracle. In fact, the title I would put on this message this morning is The Elements of a Miracle. What are the parts and pieces? What actually goes into making this miracle? Well, I want to start by looking in verse 36 and just paying attention a little bit about Tabitha. What do we learn about her just in how he describes her? The writer here describes her as a certain disciple named Tabitha. She's called a disciple. Now, that's not a, just a happenstance word. That's not how you would normally refer to people. You refer to people who's a disciple who's actually a disciple. What does that even mean? Well, she, for one, had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So we know that she is a believer in Jesus. So that's absolutely true of, of this situation. But this word disciple means that she took seriously the words that Jesus said in Matthew 28, that she took seriously the words that Jesus said in Acts chapter 1. And he says in those passages, I want you to go and preach the gospel. I want you to go and tell all nations. I want you to go. And the word that is used there in Matthew chapter 28, that the word is it's not necessarily translated as disciple, but it's the same root word that we see here in this word. And she's being told by Jesus, I want you to go out and I want you to show other people about me. I want you to follow me as, a, as, your, as your God. And I want you to show other people how to follow me too. That, in a, in a nutshell, is called being a disciple. Meaning that she's going to follow godly men and women in Jesus' absence. Because we know that Jesus is not here. He is, he is taken up into heaven. And she's going to follow godly men and women who are following Jesus yet she's also going to lead other men and women to Christ. We, we see this in verse 36, continue on there. It says there that this is a woman who is full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And then and as Peter comes into the story there, there's all these women who come and they're literally saying, look at what, look at what um, uh, 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 Tabitha made for me. She made this dress for me. She made this shirt for me. She made this scarf for me. What, what I'm trying to get you to see with this is, Here's a woman who has taken seriously the words of God, and she is actually helping other people. She is certainly following. She's a disciple. She's following somebody, but she's a disciple in that she is discipling other people. She is, as she's going, she is sharing the good news, and she's not just sharing it with her mouth. She's sharing it with her life. She's actually living this kind of a life that says, she is so notably a Christian that they literally have to put in this word in, the, in this word in her in her obituary, if you will. She was she was a disciple. She's a disciple. Of course, when she's a disciple, she dies. Verse thirty-seven. She gets sick and she dies. And they had washed her and they laid her in an upper chamber. And she needs a miracle. She's dead. She needs something to happen. But here's the the very interesting thing is that she's connected to a man named Peter in verse 38. These people had heard that Peter was in the next town over, just not that far away. Now, now, now you've got to understand what I'm trying to get at here. I don't know if I'm being clear. I want to be super clear with you. The reason that she knew Peter is because she's a disciple. She needed Peter. Now, now Peter's a pretty good fellow to know. If you need a miracle, Peter's a pretty good dude to know. At this moment in time, if I may say it this way, from a human perspective, he's on a roll. 
He's been healing people. He went, he's been all over. You go to Acts chapter 3 and verse 5, I think it's verse 6, where that man at the, at the temple, he says, I want some money. And, the man, and he says to the man, this is Peter, he says, I don't have any money or any silver or gold, but I'll give you what I got. And then what did he give him? He got him up. Here's a man who can't walk, and he gets up on his feet because Peter, certainly we know that it was God working through him, but God was using this man. Clearly, Peter is walking with God. Now, to be fair, he's a man. He's going to need some help in just a few chapters. You go to chapter 12, Peter's going to be in prison, and he needs the church to pray for him, and God does work a miracle for him as well. But I need you to see at this moment in time, Peter is the man to know. And the only way you're going to know him, the only way you're going to respond, he's going to respond to you is because there's a connection there. She's a disciple. She's in that community. When you're a disciple, a true disciple of Jesus Christ, you know one of the things that you get if you're a true disciple of Jesus Christ? You're going to get a community of people who care for you. You're going to be getting a community of people that care for you. Do you need a miracle this morning? You might want to get in touch with some folks who can get in touch with God. Tabitha knew, or at least her circle knew, somebody to get in touch with. She knew. She knew. Her, her, her friends and her, that, that group of people, they knew Peter's the guy to get in touch with. How did they know that? Well, they knew him. They, were, they walked together. They talked together. They, 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 they corresponded together. What I need you to see, folks, is that Christianity is not a solo religion. You, you should have your own relationship with God. Don't get me wrong. You absolutely need a relationship with God. If you're on this you're listening to me right now and you do not i want to encourage you have a relationship with god but the minute that you are in the body of christ you are in a family you're part of something bigger now you are connected to other believers and i want to encourage you get involved with that maybe at this time you may say well my goodness i wish i'd have heard this two months ago i'd have started two months ago don't wait start now find a way there are all kinds of ways to get connected you need to follow after someone there's probably somebody in your circle that you need to find that you know that they can get in touch with god some of y'all need to figure out who it is that knows god's word that you know and you need to get up real close to them and learn what they are learning but now don't be done there that's not it that's not all we're going to do we're not just going to sit around and absorb you also let me just encourage every person on this on this call right now every person listening to me right now listen to me every person has if you have the holy spirit of god and if you're a believer you have the holy spirit of god if you have the holy spirit of god you've got something that somebody else needs you need to go find somebody that you can encourage somebody that you can lift up because what's going to happen is we're going to need a miracle one of these days and we need to have that family that community around us and we need to know it might be today it might be brother charles that we need to call but tomorrow it might be brother bruce bird you need to call we don't know how the lord's working but we need to know who those people are in our lives that we can get in touch with because they can get in touch with god we need to be a disciple of god you want a real miracle this morning you better be a disciple of god because he's got a whole host of people that he's working through even at this moment He's working through some people. He may even be working through people in our church. And if you're not tapped into that, you're never going to see the miracles of God work. This is absolutely the way he works. Now, I want to be clear. It's not the only way he works. He doesn't always and only work through other people. But let me tell you, it's a pretty important way that he works is through other people. 
So you need to first be a disciple of God. Second of all, you need to be obedient to God. You want a miracle? You want to be a disciple of God? You want a miracle? You better be obedient to God. Look in verse 30. Um, in verse 30, uh, excuse me, I lost my place. Verse 38. It says there that they went to Peter because he was, they knew he was nearby in Lydda. They went there and they sent two men desiring him that they would not delay to come to them. So they're asking and Peter gets this call for help. Now, maybe... He knew, Peter knew that God was doing something. I don't know. It doesn't really tell me what Peter knew, what's in Peter's mind. Maybe he knew that God was working. Maybe he just wanted to be a help. I don't know exactly Peter's mind, mind frame here, frame of mind, but if you look with me in verse 39, what happens? I'm not seeing any kind of delay. I'm not seeing any kind of hesitation. I'm not seeing any kind of debate or consideration, but what does he do? Then Peter arose and went with them. He just goes with them. Again, I imagine that there was probably at least they knew of each other. They may have even had conversations together. There was a connection. There was a spiritual connection, if nothing else. We was talking about that in our Sunday school uh, class this morning, talking about having that, that, that fellowship of the Spirit, that testimony of the witness of the Spirit, that you can have that other person, even though you may not know them, that the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about encouraging them and helping them in some way. And that may have been what was going on here, but the point is, that God said, or rather Peter got the message and Peter said, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Now what's interesting is, we can see this because if you look at the scripture, you've got this sort of bird's eye view. You can kind of go look back in a way that we can't in our own lives right now. But I believe that Peter wanted, or excuse me, I'm saying my words wrong. God wanted Peter to be in Joppa. I believe he wanted, wanted him there. I think he wanted him there because in verse 42, we see that some come to believe in the Lord because of this i think that's part of god's plan but furthermore in chapter 10 there's a whole incident that happens that peter gets introduced to this man named cornelius it has a lot to do with opening up the gospel to introducing to the gentile nations this is part of a bigger plan god is working out some things that you and i don't even understand we may never understand but god is working things out and Peter's willingness to be obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading, to be obedient to an opportunity to, to help somebody, puts him in a position to give this woman, Lydia, excuse me, um, mixing my name, Tabitha, mixing, putting Tabitha in a position to get the miracle that she needs. His willingness puts him in a position to be a help. So this morning, do you need a miracle? Well, do what God says. If you don't, you're going to miss a blessing. You may even miss the exact miracle that you're looking for if, you don't, if you're not obedient to God. And furthermore, let me just put it to you this way, very bluntly to some of you. We want God to do a big work in our lives. And I'm right there with you. Amen. I want to see that. But how in the world do we expect God to do a big work when we won't obey him in the little bitty thing? When we won't even spend a moment in prayer, we won't spend a moment in our word, we won't pick up a phone to encourage a brother or sister, we won't even do one thing that's helpful to anybody, we won't obey the Holy Spirit when he prompts us. Why in the world would we ever expect that God would do some big work? Now, God is gracious, do not hear me wrong, God is a loving God and he is gracious and he loves you in spite of you. And he's good to me in spite of me. But I'm trying to get you to see what can you do? What contribution can you make in order to see God working a miracle? Well, let me tell you, you better be obedient. Simple obedience. That 
faith of a mustard seed, that little bitty thing will accomplish amazing things because it ain't you that it's accomplishing it. It's the Lord that's accomplishing it. And if you will simply put your faith in him, he does big things with people who do little bits of obedience. So if you want a miracle this morning, you better be a disciple of God, but you also better be obedient to God. Now I want you to pay attention in verse 40, see what Peter does. He comes into this house. There's a bunch of people there, which is an amazing testimony to, to Tabitha that she's been such an influence in her community. But he says there in verse 40 that Peter puts them all forth. <laughs> he's he's got to clear the house out. He's got to get, get, get everything cleared out. He says, I, I just need y'all to get out of here. And then it says, after he comes in, uh, excuse me, he, he put them out, uh, excuse me, I've lost my verse. Verse 40, put, the, put them all forth. He kneels down and prays. That's the first thing he does. Look what he does first. He absolutely just prays and gets everybody out of there and prays. I'm reminded of um, a, a phrase or a sentence that was uh, brought to my attention probably about a year ago, and I think I talked to you all a lot about it, uh, by a pastor out in Las Vegas named Pastor Vance Pittman. And it's something that he talks about a lot, and I really like the idea. And it's, it's this idea that we don't, we don't pray before we work. Prayer is the work then god gets to work he says we don't pray before we work this is unfortunately sometimes how you get in this mindset well we're about to do something let's pray before we get started well, we don't pray before we work that's not the right attitude we see prayer as the work itself that's the work that we do is praying and then letting god get to work and that's exactly what peter's doing here he is praying when he sees he sees tabitha laid out there i, I can only imagine I, I'm, I'm i'm speculating this is not in the bible here i'm just speculating but i imagine how i would think if i walked in that room here's this woman she's a godly woman all these people crying and weeping over her they've asked me to come help and in my mind i'm thinking what in the world can i possibly do to help this woman she's dead i can't help her that's what i'd be thinking but he says, I can't do anything, so I'm not going to pray before I get to work. I'm just going to go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to do something here. He's the one. If there's any work to be done, he's the one that's going to do it. <laughs> it's also, a, it's not, not uh, unimportant. I think it's important to point out here that Peter also had seen Jesus perform a very similar miracle. There, there was a young lady that, that Jesus had healed, and we talked about her a couple weeks ago. And he goes into that woman, into that into that. Um, into that room and he he does exactly this he, he clears everybody out and he starts to talk to her and then what does he do he says in that and it's over you can see it over in mark chapter 5 and verse 41 he says talitha talitha is the word he uses talitha arise talitha arise i want you to pay attention to what peter says tabitha arise now now i, I really think that peter He's doing, again, I can, I can see myself doing this. This is why I can appreciate what Peter's doing. He has no idea what to do. He doesn't know how to help her. He just says, I remember when Jesus went in a similar situation. I'm going to do exactly what he did. And, and I believe the readers here, because this, that, that word Tabitha, is, it's her name in the Aramaic language. And Jesus, when he was speaking, was speaking in Aramaic when he said, Talitha, arise, when he said that. And I believe that the readers, the original readers of this would have seen that, and they would have seen the connection almost immediately. That here's Peter just seeing this woman, doesn't know what to do, so he's going to do exactly what God, his Savior, did, what Jesus did. And he is going to go to her, he is going to pray, and he's just going to say, get up. Now, I don't know that he knew what God would do, but he knew 
that if there was a miracle to be performed, that God would be the one to perform it. So he simply said, I'm just going to go into this. I'm just going to go all in. He might have felt foolish if she'd have said, if he'd have said, Come, uh, uh, Tabitha, rise, and she just laid there. He might have felt stupid. I know I would have. It, but he knew that he's simply got to ask the Lord, do what he knew to do, and allow God to graciously supply if that is God's will. I think we can take a lesson from Peter here to say, if we need a miracle this morning, we need to lean in on God. You need to lean in on God. My, my, my concern for some of us, if, you, if I were to ask you and you were to be honest with me, you would say, yes, I need a miracle this morning. My concern for some of you is that you haven't even asked God for that miracle. You want that miracle. You want it so bad you can taste it. But you're trying to accomplish that through your means, through your ways, through your efforts. He, Jesus says it this way in Luke 12. He says, and which of you, taking thought, can add to his stature one cubit? Can you even, can you accomplish anything on your own? And, and, and we're proud enough to think we can accomplish a thing or two, but the fact is we cannot. We have to lean on God. My question to you is, are you truly leaning on God? Or, <laughs> if you are even asking him for what your miracle is, why are you asking him for it? I think some of the requests that we have in asking God we're actually asking him something that if we think about it, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves for asking for it. Because you know what we're doing? We're actually begging the God of the universe, can you please, God, give me those idols that I worship so much? Could you give them back to me? Why would God ever want to give you your idols back? That's why James says, you have not because you ask not. That's what a lot of us, our problem is. We're not even asking. And he says, when you do ask, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. That's what many of us are doing. We're not depending on God. We're depending on the stuff that God provides us. And my question to you is, are you really depending on God? Because dependence on God, while humbling, absolutely humbling, you will get to that point where you say, I cannot accomplish anything. And that's a bad feeling. That's a hopeless feeling. But it is the only possible path to seeing God perform a miracle in your life. That is the only way it's going to happen is if we get to that point where we are completely dependent upon God. If we're disciples of God, we follow after Him. If we're obedient to God, and if we will be dependent on God, we'll see God work. You know why? Because our God is a God of miracles. In verses 40 and 41, we see that Tab Tabitha, she is raised up. It is a miracle. But that's not even the headline on this whole thing. That's the interesting thing. Verse 42. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. The headline of this story is not that Tabitha's raised from the dead. The, ta the, the, the headline on this is that God is God, and God is in control, and God performs miracles, and people hear that, and they turn to him, and they believe in him. That's the headline. Because I want you to see that whatever it is that you need in your life, if you'll ever get to that point where you're truly following after God, and you're helping others follow God, if you'll ever get to that point where you're obedient to everything the Lord says to you, if you'll ever get to that point where you're completely and totally dependent on the Lord, yes, God is going to work a miracle. Yes, he is going to do amazing things. But the most miraculous thing that is going to happen is he's going to show you his power. He is going to remind you to depend on him. He is going to cause you to believe in him in ways you never thought were possible. That'll be the biggest miracle that'll ever happen. 
And we ought not be surprised when God works because he will. It will always serve a greater purpose, but he is going to show his, his, his hand providing. He is going to remind us that we need him. He is going to have us believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't it be wonderful? This is a big mess that we're working with right now. It's not good. I, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. But wouldn't it be amazing that in the middle of this just disaster that we're looking at right now, that God would use these circumstances to bring about some miracle and perform the miracle of salvation in the hearts of our friends, our families, our neighbors, our co-workers. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But you know how that's going to happen? Not going to miraculously happen. I hope that you're watching this live stream and maybe even sharing with friends, but it's not going to just miraculously happen because you share my live stream. It's going to happen when we get to the point where we're following God, we're leading others to God, we are praying in full dependence on God, and we're going to be okay and obedient to do whatever he tells us to do. When we get to that position, that's when something big is going to happen. It may well be that he decides that he's going to heal us land, and that'd be wonderful if he does. But he also may, will, may decide, I'm going to do a revival when the churches are closed. I'm going to do a revival that way. Wouldn't that be awesome if our God would do that? He can do what he wants to. I want God to move. I want him to change things. We need a miracle. And the good news is our God is a miracle-working God. I'm closing, but I want to challenge you christians first of all there's many of you that are listening in that believe in jesus christ you have confessed your faith in the lord jesus christ he is your savior and you know that right now if you were to die god forbid but if you were to die that your next breath would be taken in heaven and you know that the eternal life that you have ahead of you is a is a wonderful thing because it's provided by jesus if that describes you right now will you commit I want to encourage you right now to commit. Commit to being a disciple, an obedient disciple of God who obeys everything he tells you to do. Will you commit to being that? Uh, furthermore, I want, I, want to put, I want to raise the stakes on you just a minute. This is not about having a deeper Christian life. This is not about, uh, about being a super Christian. This is not about anybody patting you on the back. This is literally your family and your country's success and future depends on you being that kind of christian will you commit to being an obedient disciple who obeys god will you do that this morning if you will we'll see god do some miracles but until we do that i'll promise you i don't think that god if he does it it will be in spite of us not be because of us but would you go ahead and commit christian i'm going to close with a request to those that are our friends that are watching and Brother Charles, if you haven't already, would you put that on the screen? It's got a phone number. It's my phone number. And I would encourage you to call or to text me anytime. I want you to see God doing amazing things. But you're going to have to take that first step to become a believer in Jesus Christ. You need to know that Jesus, the one that Tabitha was a disciple of, the one she followed after, she was a follower of Jesus. She believed, and you need to believe, that he died on a cross to pay for your sins. That he was buried, and that three days later he came back to life victorious, not just simply over his own death, but over death for all people, 
over hell, over the grave. He has conquered that. And if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and go, I want to encourage you to, to call out to him, to pray to him, to say, God, please save me. I believe what that preacher was talking about. I believe in Jesus, and I want you to save me. That'll be the first step. And more importantly, did you know that the minute you do that, that there will be a miracle performed? A miracle performed that will take you who is a sinner, who is bound for hell, who, who deserves hell. And I, I don't even know you, but I can promise you because we all deserve hell. But that sinner who's bound for hell, deserving of hell, is full of sin, that he will perform a miracle in your heart and actually transform you to be one of his disciples. To be somebody who can obey his word when you read it. To be someone who can depend on him because you know that you have no hope except for Jesus. That's a miracle, friends. And I want to encourage you, if you've never accepted Christ, please do that today. Thank you for joining us for Seeking Christ in the Scriptures, the teaching and preaching podcast from McConnell Road Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Pastor Matthew Tilley, and I'm so glad you joined us here. But if you'd like to learn more about the church, please visit us online at mcconnellroadbaptist.org.